Welcome to our new season of the Reach Next Generation podcast. I'm Grace Jeffries and I'm thinking about my future. To help me with this, I'm speaking with successful women to get an understanding of the challenges they've faced throughout their careers, how they overcame them and what tips they have for girls of my age. So today my guest is Shilpa Lindley, who is the Digital Director at the Ardonna, at Ardonna Advisory, which is part of the Ardonna Group, which is one of the world's largest insurance companies. So thanks so much for joining me today, Shilpa. Can we start by you telling us all how your career took you to the role that you now have today? Yeah, so I guess a, a, a brief uh, roundup. I started out doing a travel and tourism degree. Okay. Um, and I'll tell you a bit later on how I actually ended up doing that degree because it, it wasn't actually my life's ambition. Um, and as part of that degree, there was an economics module. Um, and in the economics module, I remember um, the lecturer um, telling us about this company called Airtours that had this really amazing trading mentality and, and the floor at Airtours was like a trading floor in the stock exchange. Hmm. And I thought, wow, that sounds amazing. I really want to go and work there. So um, I spent a few years in London working at various travel companies. And then after I had some experience, I applied to work at Airtours. And I ended up uh, working there in the trading department and actually ended up as head of trading eventually. Um, but at my time at Airtours, uh, which I think I was there for 10 years, um, this thing called the Internet started to take off and no one really thought it was a threat and travel agencies would still be there. And at this point, um, my travel still had 700 shops, you know, c- countrywide. Um, and I asked for a transfer to the um, digital team, which at the time was known as eMedia, because no one quite knew, you know, what it was or, or what to badge it. And I had the great fortune of working with some incredible people, and I, I learned a lot of things. Um, and I have never looked back. And somehow through that, I've managed to carve out specialism, uh, which is, you know, an expertise in in driving digital growth. Mm. Brilliant. Um, so when you were at school, was there any particular subjects that you enjoyed? Um, and did you know what you wanted to do or be? Or did that say happen later in life? So honestly, this might be the wrong thing to say, but I had no idea what I wanted to do. <laughs> I was an absolute coaster. Um, I wasn't particularly passionate about any subjects. And I found a lot of my teachers uninspiring and I found school fairly uninspiring. I probably more naturally lent towards the arts and more creative topics, um, but that wasn't particularly encouraged in my family. So my father was a doctor and we were surrounded by um, doctors and and what have you. And basically, until I was 16, I robotically used to tell people that I wanted to be a doctor and, and that was that way. Deep down, I knew I didn't and I knew that was never going to be an option for me. Um, and then when I was probably, you know, when it got to A levels, I confessed to my parents that there was no way I wanted to be a doctor. Uh, and actually what I wanted to do was be a hairdresser or a beautician, which isn't on the uh, approved list of careers in Indian families. You, you're basically allowed to be a doctor, a dentist or a lawyer and a push maybe an accountant. So my parents then went through all the UCAS books, the UCA, UCAS, how you say books and PCAS books and found this course, um, which was travel and tourism. And their thought process was you can do this course. You'll still have a degree 
And then you can go on to be an air hostess and marry a pilot because everything in Indian culture leads to you getting married, basically. Mm. So so that is how my journey started. So no, I had absolutely no plan. Yeah, well, you know, lots of people don't have no like any plan, which I yeah. think in sometimes some people really struggle with that because they're thinking, oh, my God, what do I do? All my friends have this figured it out. But maybe if you don't have everything figured out, it maybe helps you because as you're discovering what you want to do, you find lots of experience in different companies that maybe benefit you once you know what you actually want to do. 100%. And, you know, my children often say to me, what do you think I should do, mummy? Have you got something you'd really like me to do? And I will say, no, it really doesn't matter. Whatever you do, just do it to the best of your ability. Yeah. Enjoy it, have fun, and, and good things happen. You know, the internet didn't even exist when I was at school and actually when I was at uni. So I couldn't have done my job. I couldn't have imagined my job because it didn't exist. So I know that you went to Northumbria University, but I think it's quite a conflicting subject at the moment, whether or whether not to go to university. Um, Of Mm. course, there is some jobs like a doctor, a lawyer, anything that maybe you have to go to university for. Most people would do. Um, But of course, there's becoming increasingly, increasingly large amount of jobs that you don't have to go to university for. So what are your thoughts and opinions on going or not going? If I'm honest, a bit like you and a bit like the narrative around at the moment, I'm also conflicted. Mm. I think in truth, there is probably still a great deal of snobbery around it. So there are many industries, professions, organisations that won't consider you if you don't have a degree. However, I think people are becoming more open. There are lots more varied apprenticeships around um, and lots of organisations also do sponsored degrees. So I think people are opening their minds, but I don't think we are fully there yet. So I think you have to carefully consider the pros and cons. But I most certainly don't think it's a deal breaker not going to university. But at the same time, in some industries and organisations, it will help you open doors. Yeah, I think not many people, not, you know, some people don't want to go to university. Some people may be not able to afford it. And I think definitely with, you know, apprenticeships and anything like that where the industry that you want to work in welcomes you without having to have a degree it can definitely offer maybe a different type of experience that you wouldn't get if you were at university because lots of people that I've talked to on this podcast have said that they really enjoyed university as it helped them to you know discover themselves made lifelong friends and of course they enjoyed the learning part too but there's there's been equally as successful people that haven't gone to university yeah um and have gained their experience and their knowledge from just getting themselves involved into the industry that they really like. I agree. And I know an equal amount of people who didn't go to university and are super successful and did go to university and are successful or not successful. Yeah. So I, I, I really think I think there's personal choice in it. And I think, you know what, whether you've been to university or not, so long as you work hard and you really apply yourself and you have a passion to learn and a really good work ethic when you're younger, I think you will rarely not end up progressing in a good position. Yeah, of course. 
Now, I quickly, I must say, the world is changing quite a lot and quite quickly at the same time, too. So it's quite a, a lot. It's hard to deal with sometimes. But with that in mind, what do you think work for women may look like in 10 years time? Or maybe what do you hope it may look like as well? Because the world may be a completely different place in 10 years. Honestly, I have no idea. It's a great <laughs> question, but I, I really don't know because five years ago we couldn't have imagined that we'd all be working from home and, you know, not having to be in the office every day. Um, all I can say is things are much better for women than they were 10, 20, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, in my first job, women uh, weren't allowed to wear trousers, which you will find. <laughs> It was that long ago. We could all sit at our desks smoking, and we, which we did, so long as it was in our skirts or dresses. So you know, things will keep moving, and they will keep moving in the in the right direction. But I, I have no idea how things will look in ten years. Hopefully better. Hopefully better. I think we're definitely on a path. Um, yeah. And. 10 years, it's when I say it, it doesn't seem that long, but truthfully, it is quite a long time. So I'm hoping that um, it will change a lot and a lot for the better, too. Oh, 100%. You know, like casual sexism was so common in the workplace when, when I first started out. So aside from the not being able to wear trousers, even, you know, 10, 15 years after that, the kinds of comments that would be made at work that, you know, no one would make towards you now at, at work. Mm. Um, you know, so so things are definitely improving. There's more of a level playing field to uh, mm. certain. Yeah, I completely agree. Now, as part of our Reach Next Generation Summit, we do look at diversity and opportunity for young girls from the black and minority communities. Do you think as a society we are seeing more equality? And how do you think the insurance world is improving in this area too? Another great question. I'm going to say it's such a nuanced area. I really wouldn't want to simplify it. Mm, definitely. Um, I would say, in short, things again will continue to improve. But I think as women, there will always be extra layers of things to deal with, whether okay. it's childcare, whether it's, you know, things that you are expected to naturally do as a woman. Um, and then if you add an extra layer of ethnicity over the top, there can be extra layers of things that perhaps, even if the world has moved on, perhaps what your family expects from you mm-hmm. um, or what your husband expects for you. You know, it it is a really complex um, issue. Um, in my view, things are infinitely better than they were. Um But yes, there will always be things to deal with. In terms of our donor, um, you know, insurance is a very male industry, but I have found our donor to be um, really progressive in terms of the male-female balance and the general culture. And I think that's led from the top, from our chief exec, who is very gentlemanly. I have um, worked at um, banks before, which on paper of far higher calibre organisations that have had awful sexist cultures. 
Mm. Um, so I, I think Cardona is a is a really good place um, for females to work. What I would say is, um, you know, m- many companies have um, a charter around this kind of thing. So I think what I would say to young women and young women from ethnic backgrounds is perhaps look into this, look at, you know, what's an organisa- what an organisation signs up to, what their charter is. But I would also say, and this may be something, um, I'm always afraid of saying the wrong thing around stuff like this, particularly because I'm of a different generation, say to some of the listeners of this podcast, but I would never lead in with my gender or my race. I would mm-hmm. always lead in with what I can do and the skills and experience I bring to the party. Yeah. And my gender and my race are a part of who I am, but they don't define me as someone in the workplace. Yeah, definitely. They're something that enrich me. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Now, throughout your career, you've worked, you seem to at least have worked in different kind of sectors. You worked in the travel industry and now you're working more insurance. So throughout that, have you perhaps had any mentors or have there been anyone that you particularly admire? I've had the good fortune to work with lots of amazing people and lots of awful people. And I think um, I haven't met anyone who's perfect or anyone who's the absolute, this is not how to do it. I think for me, what's useful is to take bits of the characters that you like from lots of different people. So someone might do one thing really nice and think, you know what, I really like that. That's something that I'm going to try and do. But you have to remain authentic to yourself whilst doing it. Um, so, yeah, I think bit, bit, bits from different people, but I, I wouldn't have one person that I would call out. Perhaps other than one life coach I had um, who taught me. I'd been made a job offer and, I, and at this point in my life, I decided that my children needed more of my time. And I'd been traveling a lot, been in London, and I really ha- was juggling the mum guilt. And um, and, I, and I wanted to work part time. And I said to them, I'm, I'm going to, I know they're going to offer me this job and I'm going to turn it down because no one would want to hire me three days a week. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, Shilpa, why don't you tell them what you're selling and give them the opportunity to tell you whether they want to buy it or not? Mm. And it's such a simple concept, but he taught me the concept of either tell people what you're selling and they can say whether they want to buy it or not, or tell people what you want to buy and they can tell you whether they want to sell it to you or not. And it's it's really simple. You know, we're all, it's all a trade-off. It's all, you know, everyone has a choice. No one is forced. And actually that organisation that I was going to walk away from ended up hiring me on three days working school hours, which in my kind of position is insane. Mm. Yeah. So I know that whether whatever age you are, whether you're in work like yourself or in school like myself, um, we all lead and live very busy lives. We all have always stuff to do. So how would you say you maintain a good work life balance? Um and you have perhaps any tips to the listeners to do with that? So, again, I am going to refer back to this life coach, so maybe he is my one amazing mentor <laughs> that I should call out. Um, but he told me to think about, my, rather than thinking about what I want, he encouraged me to think about what I didn't want. 
Okay. So I've always been very clear on my deal breakers and, and look, work-life balance when your children are very young is not an easy thing and I, and I didn't always get it right. But how I've always tried to work is to work out what my deal breakers are. And my deal breakers are I'm miserable if I don't see my children in the morning and at night. So I, I really want to do that. And I think as a working mum, you don't, you don't have to compromise that. 10, 20 years ago, there was a culture of if you wanted to be a successful woman, you had to be like a man, act like a man. And I really don't buy into that. So for me, it was I want to see my children. And the other thing that keeps me sane is I want to be able to exercise. And I have a three times a week exercise regime that I like to do. So I built my life around those things that I know at the end of the week would make me feel like I had a successful week. But I had to compromise then. So if I wanted to leave work at four to see my children before they went to bed, I would then, when they went to bed, log on and finish off working. So I think it's, um, I think you can't be too rigid. I think it's give and take uh, with employers. So I think, you know, sometimes you take the bits that you need, but give them what they need to, and then everybody's happy and there's no reason for anyone to feel disgruntled. So that's how I've always done it. Yeah, I think that's a good way of doing it. And I think that's some good tips for anyone listening. Now, the main theme of our summits, what we really like to, it's going to sound weird when I say it, but enforce in the girls who come is that they can do it. And the phrase, I can do it. So is there anything that you thought that you perhaps couldn't do that you indeed have managed to do? I mean, honestly, I probably didn't think I'd end up in the position that I'm in, which is I do a great job. No, I'm, not, I'm not saying I do a great job. I'm in a great position in terms of work um and I have my children and I see you know unless something major is going on I see my children every day and I see my husband every day and that I I wasn't sure you know I would ever be able to achieve that that job satisfaction and having my family life so that for me I guess is it's the thing which you know might sound horribly unambitious but that yeah now, hypothetically, in a dream world far, far away, this kind of sounds like Star Wars, but um, <laughs> if you could work with, say, three people day to day, they could be celebrities, they could be people that have passed away, they can be literally anyone you want, who would you choose and why? Oh, my gosh, another great question. <laughs> so I am going to say my three siblings. So okay. I, I'm I'm uninterested in celebrities and famous people, <laughs> and I imagine like politicians would just be full of um, they'll yeah, you wouldn't get a straight answer. So my three siblings, who are all super smart, fun to be around, have a great work ethic, uh, and they're all the things that I really value. I think you should never underestimate the importance of fun in the workplace if it's enjoyable you keep wanting to do it like I love what I do so yeah my three siblings there you go yeah I think that'd be some great people be nice having your family with you um I mean I don't have any siblings so I wouldn't know if it was hard to work with siblings or whatever but um it sounds like a great couple of people to be with yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) so 
what tips would you give girls when they start to think about, you know, their future career path, what they want to do when they're older and maybe just generally their future? Now, again, this might be at odds with what other people say, um, but I would say don't overthink the future. You know, like I say, my job didn't exist. I couldn't have dreamt it up. I couldn't have, no matter how hard I thought about my future, I wouldn't have been able to predict this or work toward it because it simply didn't exist. So I think there is great value in being in the present. I think when you're early in your career or at school, Take every opportunity to learn, take opportunities for work experience, just prioritise learning over earning. Mm -hmm. Because when you have that knowledge, then at some point you can kind of leapfrog everyone else and there will also be earning opportunities. But I think, yeah, there's huge value in um, being in the present, working really hard, learn loads, have a great work ethic and always aim to exceed people's expectations. Um, and I think if if you work like that, then opportunities will always present themselves. Good yeah. things will come. Yeah, I think it's some great advice. I'm sure the listeners will take that on, and I think it will definitely help them when they start to think about their future and their career. So finally, would you say there's any quotes, perhaps, if you may be going back to this life coach? I don't know. But is there any is there any quotes that you'd like to follow or any mottos? And would you say any of those align with your deal breakers, as you said before? Oh, I don't have any quotes for you, Grace, and I'm sorry about that. It's all right. Um, I, I guess my, you know, my my mottos are the kind of things that I live by are I like to treat people as I would like to be treated. I push my team really hard, but I'm fair. I think respect is really central and key. And just that don't forget to have fun because you spend more time at work than you do at home. And, (laughs) you know, you've got to enjoy it and don't take it too seriously. Yeah, definitely. Well, I've really enjoyed chatting with you today, Shilpa. Thank you so, so much. And I'm sure everyone listening will now be thinking about some of the choices they are about to make in their careers and future too. So keep listening to the Reach Next Generation podcasts as I talk to many more brilliant women. And more details about us will be at reachnextgeneration.com. Thank you to our partners and sponsors, Experian, Barclays, Domestic in General, Staffline and the Ardonna Group. Thank you.